Hi, I'm Pastor Lori Boucher, and I want to personally welcome you to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Are you ready to study the Bible together chapter by chapter? If you go to heartstrong.life and sign up for a free membership, you will get access to the full Bible reading plan and all the bonus discipleship content that we have prepared for you. Open up your Bible and get ready to take some notes because God is going to speak to you today. Let's become heartstrong disciples together through the study of God's Word. Okay, well, let's uh, let's dig in together to I think what's going to be a wonderful morning. And so I just want to take a moment and welcome every single one of you back, those of you who are returning, and those of you who are brand new. It is absolutely fantastic to see each of you this morning. So again, so for those of you who are brand new, welcome to HeartStrong. Don't worry, you're going to get your rhythm really quick. And uh, our heart is to grow strong in the Lord, but to do so together. And so let's dive in. This is going to be another another six-month journey that we're going to go on one with another. Uh, But we're going to start with our memory verse. Um, In the chat, I'm going to drop an app in there, and it's just called Get Verses. It's what I use to help help me memorize the scriptures. Um, It's about $6 for a year. Um, but again, it, it's not necessary at all. It's just a little tool that I use. So I put the little link in the, in the chat for everybody. So our memory verse is Philippians chapter two, verses one to four, which says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love and being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his interests, but also to the interests of others. And so this month, that's our memory verse. This also happens to be the first Monday of the month. And so we are encouraging each of you to fast something today. Um, just to select something to put it aside to fast. The first Monday at HeartStrong, uh, we fast. So let's dive in, shall we? I'm going to read three scriptures and then have a few comments before we get into Genesis chapter one. First is, I'm going to read Genesis 1.1, which is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then I'm going to go to John chapter one, verse one, and you can just listen. In the beginning, was the word. So in the beginning was Jesus and Jesus or the word was with God and the word was God. And then when the disciples ask Jesus, how do they pray? Matthew 6 verse 9 says, Jesus taught them to say, pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so the opening question on our six month season two heartstrong adventure must be this. Is the Bible a story about you, or is it a story about God who then forms and informs every part of your life? Genesis 1, John 1, and when Jesus Jesus taught us to pray, it all starts with God, not with us. Together, we believe the Bible is inspired, infallible, inerrant, and it's the final authority in our lives. 
but as we approach it with humility, embracing as a respected Old Testament writer, John Walton expresses, the Bible was written for us, but in many cases, in particular when we're in the Old Testament, not necessarily written to us. This means that to get the most out of the Bible or the scriptures, we need to understand that the Bible is for everybody but it wasn't originally written to us. And so together we must consider the original audience culture, which requires diligence. This past summer, as you've gone through the Psalms, it's important to embrace that these are the Psalms of Israel. We, we, they do speak to all of us, but we, we be careful if we make them just talk to Canada or about Canada, because they were to a particular people that we are embracing. And engaging in. If you as a follower of Christ, if you believe the Bible is a story about you, then immediately you're off on the incorrect foot. But if you trust that the Bible is a story about God, which fully involves you and every aspect of your life, then you're well on your way. Another way we can ask this similar question is faith about making sense of how God fits into the way you live your life or the way you see the world, or is faith following the way of Jesus to make sense out of life or to see the world? And so this whole journey that we're going to go on to, it starts either with in the beginning you or in the beginning God. As those of us desiring to be heartstrong, it must be in the beginning God. And then from God, we begin to engage. And so again, if you're joining us just for a little bit of an appetizer this morning, that's your opening five minutes, five minute thought and conversation. For those of you who are joining us for the full 25 or the full 30 minutes, let us continue. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Genesis chapter one, and we are going to read Genesis chapter one all the way through. And then we're going to watch a seven minute overview. And then I'm going to finish with some further thoughts. And so together, let's read God's word. Genesis chapter one, starting at verse one, we're going to read the whole chapter together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so, and God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. I tell you, on a Monday morning at 6 a.m., that was a lot of expanses to read right in a row. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said that the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. 
The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kind, trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw again that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the great light, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth and across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the warm of the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw once again that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps in the ground according to its kind. And once again, God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Let's, let's watch this quick overview together, and because uh, it expresses it actually better than I can. So let's watch. The first book in the Bible is called Genesis. And we're going to look closely at the first page of the book of Genesis. It's a carefully crafted narrative about God creating and ordering the whole cosmos. Okay, let's check it out. Now, the opening line of the whole Bible is, in the beginning, God created the skies and the land. Now, your Bible translation might say the heavens and the earth. In biblical Hebrew, the word for heaven refers simply to the sky above. And the word for earth does not mean globe, but rather the land. The ground below us. Right. This line is summarizing what's going to happen in the following narrative, which starts in the next line. And it reads, 
Now the land was wild and waste. This phrase rhymes in Hebrew. The land was tohu vavohu, which means unordered and uninhabited. This is the ancient way of talking about the pre-creation state, what we might call nothingness. For the biblical authors, non-existence means having no purpose and no order. And the next line uses another image to say the same thing. And darkness was on the face of the deep abyss. What's the deep abyss? Yeah, it's a dark, chaotic ocean. It's another common way the ancients described the non-reality that preceded creation. Now, here's where things start to get interesting, because in the midst of those dark waters, God is present. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Hebrew word for God's Spirit is ruach, which can refer to wind or breath or God's invisible presence. So you can't see it, but God is present in the darkness, ready to bring order so that life can flourish. Yes, and this ordering happens in a series of six days. Each day begins with the phrase, and God said, and then ends with the phrase, and there was evening and morning. Yeah, every day addresses those problems introduced in verse two, that there's no order and no inhabitants. So on days one through three, God splits apart that unordered darkness into three ordered realms. Then on days four through six, God fills the uninhabited wasteland with creatures. Interesting. Let's see how that works. Okay. So the first realm of order begins with light on day one. Ah, yes. Let there be light. This is God's own glorious light that fills and contains the darkness as he separates day from night. God's establishing the order of time. Okay. And then on day two, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. What's the vault? In the ancient culture of the biblical authors, the sky was perceived as a solid dome that holds back waters. God's depicted here as splitting the chaos waters in half, above and below, which creates the realms of the sky and the seas. And then on day three, let the waters under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry ground appear. God is establishing the realm of the land and it emerges out of the chaotic waters. And then there's a bonus creative act on day three. God invites plants and fruit trees with seed to emerge out of the land. Okay, so we've got the realms of time, the realm of the sky and the seas, and the land. And they all have order. Right. Now, it's time to go back and fill these realms of days one through three with inhabitants. This is what happens on days four through six. So in day four, let there be lights in the vaults of the sky. God installs these lights, the sun, moon, and stars, as signs and symbols that reflect God's own light. He gives them his own royal power to separate day and night. Then on day five, let the waters swarm with living creatures and let birds fly above the land. Yeah, these are the creatures that live in the waters below and those that fly near the waters above. Then finally on day six, let the land produce living creatures. They emerge up out of the ground to live on the land. And then matching that bonus act of creation on day three, God makes a special land creature, human, or in Hebrew, Adam. Then God provides all of those plants from day three as abundant food. Now over and over, God says what he created was good. But then after making humans, God says that it is very good. Yes, humanity is the climax of days one through six, and their importance is explained in the first poem in the Bible. So God created humanity in his own image. 
in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So humans come up from the ground like the other land creatures. But they're also more. They're God's image, which means that together, men and women embody and represent the creator within his creation. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, ruling over the creatures. This is the purpose of being God's image, to oversee creation as God's partners and representatives in the world. Very cool. Now, after the six days, we get a concluding line that links back to the key words of the opening line. And so we're completed, the skies and the land and all their inhabitants. Except there's one more day. It stands outside the pattern of days one through six. It's the big climax. And God completed on the seventh day the work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and set it apart as holy. So God rests on the seventh day. This is a standard biblical image where God, after ordering the cosmos, comes to rest and dwell in his sacred space. It's like the whole world is a holy temple where God lives with his people. Now that phrase, there was evening and morning, it doesn't appear on day seven. That's right. The seventh day has no end. That's because Genesis 1 is describing God's ideal vision for the whole cosmos. A place where God lives with his partners to rule the world in harmony forever. Yes, the seventh day is the goal of creation. It's actually so important that the author of Genesis 1 has woven the number seven into every part of the story. There are seven days of creation, seven announcements that creation is good. There are seven Hebrew words in the opening verse, and then two times seven Hebrew words in verse two. And then the statement about the seventh day has three lines of seven words. Wow. So the first page in the Bible is doing way more than just telling us how the world was made. Right. Genesis 1 has been designed to show us that God's purpose is to share creation with his images so they can rest and rule it with him forever. And that purpose is what the rest of the biblical drama is all about. Okay. Well, welcome back. Genesis chapter one. And so let's pull from this chapter and the time we have remaining. Um, let's pull from it. And we're going to do it from about a 10,000 foot overview. I'm going to use resources from the ESV study Bible notes, um, a book called the Bible, the, the Bible Guide Commentary, which is Andrew Knowles and Chris Wright. And then Genesis for Everybody, part one by John Golden Gay. Those are the three resources that I'm pulling from as we'll dig into these thoughts uh, together. Okay, pull my notes up. Here we go. So as we've already established, the Bible and the story of creation, it begins with God and it begins equally with goodness. One of the things that oftentimes is an issue in 2022 is when you and I desire to share our faith with others, one of the things that can be an issue is we start with, let me tell you why you're bad. Let me tell you what's wrong. Let me tell you what's sinful. But it's important to note that that's not how God starts the story. God starts the story with goodness. We're going to get to Genesis 3, but it starts in Genesis 1. And so as we've already established, the Bible and the story of creation, it begins with God. As the, the scriptures start to unfold in Genesis 1, we can't see God for he is spirit. 
but we know God by his actions. And you and I are created in the image and likeness of God. And so this is true of us as well. Our own character is also revealed by our choices and by our behavior. Only you know your intentions. We only know one another by the choices that we make and the behavior that we um, display. And so there's nothing remote. I want you to see as we've gone through Genesis 1 that there is nothing remote or detached about the way in which God works in creation. We are given a beautiful picture, like a mother bird deciding to tend to her chicks. We give That's the picture that's given as God broods over creation. And so even for some of you who view God as very distant and sort of that metaphor as they, he's the old man in the sky who's just always angry, the opening pages of Genesis 1 describes God not in that way whatsoever, but as tender, as close, as deeply intimate and connected to creation. Now, I will readily admit that I am not an expert in physics, cosmology, or biology. And so there is much that others pull out of the Genesis 1 story, and I will defer to their wisdom and to their, in, their intellect and understanding. However, I do think we must be careful not to make the Genesis story something that it isn't. It is, however, a statement that God did it all. God created it all at a 10,000-foot level. How? That's for their expertise. For me, it is that God created it all, and it was very good. Genesis gives us the big picture of God and his creation uh, without losing us in the, in the infinite, in the in, infinite details. That was really hard for me to say of light years and the abstraction, I think of particle physics, which is again, a little beyond me to be quite honest. So I would say this science can give us the what, but it can't tell us why the best example I would say is that, you know, science could hold up a piece of cake and it could tell us the what of every part of the cake. Um, it could tell us, you know, what it's made of down to every molecular level of it. But what science couldn't do is tell us why was the cake made in the first place? Only the author, only the one who created the cake could tell you why it actually exists. And so for me, while the what questions are important, the why question must come first. Why does God create the heavens? Why does he create humanity? Once we understand this which is what we've just gone through, then we can dig into the what questions. And so Genesis is first and foremost addressing the why questions. Why does God create the heavens and the earth and all in it? It is to share creation with his image bearers so that they can rest and then from rest rule with him forever. So the opening story of scripture, again, is about God. It is about goodness. And in the case of humanity, it is very good. And so Adam, we see, we're going to see soon, we've seen created, but not named yet. But Adam simply means human and Eve means life. So in the opening pages of scripture, you see God creating male and female human life. And Eden, the garden they're going to be placed in, means delight. And so the beautiful picture of Genesis is God with human life residing in a garden of delight with humanity. Just because this is, but just because Genesis 1 is our beginning or the origin story of humanity doesn't mean it's the beginning of everything. 
I was born on June 7th, 1973. How that's when my life began. However, that's not when life began. There's a, it's not, it doesn't start just when I was born. And why do I say that? I say that because there's a difference between my life and life itself. And so this week, we are also together going to read how a prior story before Genesis 1, before creation, is going to collide with the story of God, Adam, Eve, and Eden. There is already a serpent that is present in the garden. There's a story that precedes it. Or as a final thought, I would say, as John Golden Gay says, as we journey for the next six months or six months uh, in the Old Testament, he says this, and I think it's helpful. It's good to think of the Old Testament as the old or the first covenant. So another way then you can say testament is it's the old covenant and then it's the new covenant. Um, but when we hear old, oftentimes our minds go to like, oh, I don't want an old pair of pants. I want a new pair of pants. I don't want an old phone. I want a new phone. I don't want an old car, whatever it happens to be there. So that's unhelpful because oftentimes we think about the, the Old Testament. We're like, oh, that's old. I want new. Don't think of it that way. Think of it as the first covenant. And to understand the first covenant, when you understand the first covenant, it makes the second one make a whole lot of sense. Because here's what scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. It says that all scripture from Genesis 1, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So my concluding thought is the same one that I began with. Is the Bible a story about in the beginning you, or is the Bible a story about in the beginning God? Is faith about making sense of how God fits into your life and the way you see the world? Or is faith about following Jesus, trusting him to make sense out of life and to help you see the world the way God sees the world? Does the way in which you engage the world, the way you tell the story of faith, does it start in Genesis 1 with what is good? Or does it start in Genesis 3 with let me tell you how bad you are? It's important that it starts in the goodness of God, because then again, when we get to the cross, which is we're coming up on the Easter season, but when we get to the cross, if we don't understand that it starts in Genesis 1, then we don't know what God is trying to redeem us to. And so let's take a minute and let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we just posture our hearts before you this morning, we together, we together recognize your goodness and your grace. Father, I pray, I pray, Lord, as we go on this adventure together, ultimately, Father, we want the story to be about you. We recognize that you are the central character in the story of life. And so, Father, in you, we live and we move and we have our being. And so, Lord, I just pray on the throne of our lives, wherever we have ourselves, others, or any other idol placed there, that they would be dethroned so that you could be in your proper place. Lord, I pray a blessing on us as we go about our day today. May we see not only the brokenness, which is abundant and apparent everywhere we look, but may we see the spirit of God working 
desiring to make all things new, all things as you intend, which is good. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's Bible study. Don't forget to visit heartstrong.life to access our daily blog for even more encouragement. Visit the HeartStrong shop with all kinds of awesome merch like hoodies, t-shirts, and mugs to remind you of this awesome journey of discipleship that you are on. Log in to heartstrong.life to access all your member content, resources, and downloads. We have live Bible studies for adults, students, and a Bible boot camp for kids. Let's become HeartStrong disciples together.